I didn't mention so three yes. nerds the microphone detected the same podcast we could that use could that were used for time recording that podcast has okay. grown into um, not just covering wrestling but all things he under the nerd is an asshole and is from demanding the a second Marvel, microphone from Frank Sinatra to Count Chocula from Mickey the Mouse to will be sitting in, but the room is so now, small here is some that like there's a good chance Zach that the, that's going to create like a huge global echo Right. And so I told you not to go look. What we're going to do is I'm going to go in early tomorrow. I'm going to test it out, see if it works. If it creates a fucking echo, then we're going to pull a fucking sex pistols and we're going to unplug one of those microphones and just mm-hmm. fucking pretend. And then let yeah. the one pick up both and it'll be fine. Absolutely. That's great that you will pull a sex pistols. I love that. I love that fucking reference. <laughs> yeah. All right. You ready? Uh, ready as I'll ever be. In five, four. Greetings, guys, gals, non-binary pals. Uh, welcome to the IndieCast. Chad Allen, Zach Romero here with you. Zach, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing great, Chad. I'm thrilled to uh, be back in the saddle here talking to you. Welcome, yeah, welcome back. So, uh, so we, we we have some very interesting stuff to cover this week. Uh, we talked uh, fairly recently, uh, last episode actually, I do believe. Uh, about the uh, upcoming Effie Moxley match uh, at GCW Homecoming Night 1. The matches happened. Uh, I did order the show, and uh, I did get to watch uh, the majority of it. I I, I did miss uh, one match because of people I had over here at uh, IndyCast headquarters. But uh, all in all, a very interesting show, uh, but apparently a lot of news has been made over... All the stuff that they did in the match with Moxley and uh, and Effie, right? And a lot of so, people getting very so, very pissy about it. So <laughs> in the previous episode, we kind of gave like a little bit of uh, dream booking, a little like, oh, this is something they could do, sort of a thing. Um, and it did not come to fruition. It did not. We did not. We did not win that bet. Um, but yeah, walk me through a little bit of how you felt about the match between uh, Effie and Moxie for the championship. And then we can discuss a little bit about the reaction once again. Uh, I think all in all, the the match was enjoyable. They are, but for the most part, they're a, they're a weird combination against each other. Like Moxley and Effie is a, is definitely a a strange bedfellows type of matchup. True. Um, I agree with that. And it was, I I don't know if at first, and maybe this was just me, that it it didn't start out quite as exciting as I had hoped for. But maybe, again, I I had way too much going into this, like, of what I'm picturing it's going to be. It's a lot like Star Wars fans who get mad about the sequels because they didn't do it the way that they'd been, like, booking it in their head for for years uh, before they happened. So, um but I think once they started to find their rhythm together, I thought it was a very enjoyable match. Um, definitely interesting to see Moxley doing a lot of things that you wouldn't expect him to do. Like instead of a chop battle, they had a kiss battle uh, at one point that was just odd to say the least. Um, but it, it's one of those things where you, it's um, it's like that Disney Channel show, That's So Raven. It's like, well, that's so Effie. And you just like, it's stuff you kind of expect to see from an Effie match now, which is sometimes just the unexpected. 
Um, True. I mean, if you remember, there was definitely a show that we booked that ended with Effie and the, his opponent just test of strength kissing one another. And that crowd yeah. in uh, Pasco was very confused. Yes. Uh, I was cheering it all on, but yeah, they were definitely lost. Uh, but, um, but yeah, no, it was a, it was all in all, it was, it was a good match. I, am I disappointed at the ending? Of course I wanted, I wanted Effie to win spoiler alert if you didn't know that already, but um uh, but the, all in all, I thought that I thought they had a good match. I thought Effie looked. I thought Effie looked great. Um, I, I didn't expect quite the blowback that it seems to be getting now. Mostly because I think a lot of people maybe are seeing Effie for the first time because they bought the show because of Moxley. And um, we'll definitely have to talk a little bit later about the angle they set up after the match. That I am. I don't know how I feel about it yet. So, but we'll have to we'll have to discuss that post match later. So, well, as I say, uh, so let's talk a little bit about some of the things that were getting a lot of heat from people after the match. Right. Um. Uh, a couple of, of a couple of choice moments, we'll say. Yes. All right. So one of which was, as you pointed out earlier, there was a kiss off between the two of them. Right. And they were like kissing each other on the cheek for the most part. It's not like they were like, it wasn't like a makeout session or anything. It was like just instead of a chop, they would give one of the other one a peck on the cheek. And then it went back the other way and just kind of kept going back and forth. It was, it was just a creative way to do the same type of spot. You've seen a billion times. Otherwise. Well, I also saw uh, that there was, uh, a little bit more of an extended smoocherino from Moxley uh, to Effie. That was near the end of the match. Absolutely. Right. That actually, I believe, set up the end of the match, if I remember correctly. It was like the, the kiss of death before Moxley hit him with the uh, the paradigm shift. Uh, and then also there was... <laughs> which one of us... Uh... Which one of us gets to describe the other moment that... Uh... Oh, uh, uh, so I, I I will gladly do this. You know me. I don't give a shit. Uh, Moxley had uh, Effie in like a sleeper chin lock type of deal. Kind of, you know, he, because Moxley likes to use the bully choke as a finish from time to time as well. Uh, but he had Effie up. He had his he's choking him out. Uh, and uh, Effie, Effie decided... Uh, this is a time for a little autoerotic asphyxiation and uh, show through a hand down the tights, Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, no, like straight, straight up diving in like a like a submarine going for going for depth. It was he just was going right for it. So um, I laughed. I thought it was hysterical. And again, one of those moments where it's like, that's so effy. Like you just I, I don't know. I don't know. why like. Why, why? Legitimately, this is a show that had like a death match where there was so much blood on the floor by the end of the match that they had a show later on that evening for um, Jersey Jersey All Pro, mm-hmm. which is like an offshoot of uh, GCW. It's a like so they did a uh, you know a, a late night show at the same place, and in that late night show. Like there was still like a huge smear of blood on the on the ground, um, that they just apparently couldn't get washed up in the like hour they had in between when GCW ended and the Jersey Pro Show started. 
So, like I said, there I, I feel like there are other things that like if people want to gnash their uh, gnash their teeth and stomp their feet, could have been a lot more interesting than Effie going for an you know a a masturbation joke. But so people once again, similarly to uh, you know recent uh, kind of like attempts at canceling Effie, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, people were trying to say, oh, he's Joey Ryan, he's Joey Ryan. Right. Um, to which Effie laughed and then said, you know, oh, if you only knew, you know, which one of us was the one who called those spots. Right. Um, again, these are very different situations. Joey Ryan was basically ousted as a sexual predator in real life, behind the scenes, against his peers. Right. This is performative, you know, moments in storytelling from Effie. Right. Now, if magically, you know, it was, oh, Effie pressured, you know, Mox into putting him in a chokehold so that he could do this moment, or pressured him, you know, blackmailed him into, oh, we have to do a kiss-off in this match, or I'm going to expose XYZ then okay, yes, now we're in the same kind of demographic. We're talking about right. the same thing. But if it's just like, hey, man, I want you to hip toss me into some barbed wire, this is the same shit. Right. This is just we've agreed on a thing, and we're going to do the thing, and it's going to be part of the tapestry of the story that we're telling. It just so mm-hmm. happens that it's two men kissing as the punchline right. to – a particular moment of this match. And it's two men kissing where one of them is the last person in the world that you'd expect to be doing that. Right. That's hence, that. Hence the, the, the shock and the amusement. Right. I, I feel like I need the, what's the name of the, like Arnold Schwarzenegger character from uh, the Simpsons. Oh, Oh, Oh God. Um, 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 but you know who I'm talking about? There's that bit where like he's doing stand up, and it's like <laughs> that's the joke. That's where I feel like we're going right now. It's like, yeah, no, it was it was like wild because Moxley's like doing a kissing chop off and and things like that, or you know, a, like a kiss off, and like what the hell's going on here? Right, that's the whole idea. Like Moxley, Effie in character in the in the match would be trying to take Moxley out of his element. And try to play mind games with him. Meanwhile, Moxley is basically showing there's no mind games that work. You're going to try to kiss me or do something like that. You know, motherfucker, I'm going to do it right back. And it's not going to stop me at all. So first of all, the yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger the, the Simpsons is named Rainier Wolfcastle. Thank you. Uh, which that was driving me nuts. Uh, secondly, the, the greatest thing about this whole thing is. So people try to cancel Effie again, which is very interesting that it was just against Effie. That right. it wasn't like, ah, uh, Moxley is participating in the downfall of this form of entertainment. It was, oh my God, Effie decided to jerk off halfway through the match. Like, right. Okay. Um, but also, hilariously enough, on uh, the time of this recording on AEW during a promo segment with CM Punk and John Moxley, when they were getting each other's face, John Moxley kissed CM Punk. <laughs> so now John Moxley's becoming like the kissing bandit. Right. And that I think is hilarious. 
Yeah, and and once again, and I'll, I'll say, I'm sure I've said this on past episodes, but I'll say it again. For those of you attempting to cancel Effie, I think Effie might be like Effie might be that one person that may be uncancelable. I just because he just doesn't give a shit what you think. Right. He doesn't he doesn't care. Like that's the thing. He Effie's going to keep playing to his own drum, no matter whether you like it, whether you don't like it. You're you're still going to be like. It's it's a lot like that scene in Howard Stern's movie Private Parts, where they're talking about his ratings when he was with uh, DC 101 in in uh, Washington. It's like, well, how are his ratings going up? It's like, you know, people hate him. And it's like, well, you know, for the people that like him, they listen for this amount of time. And the main number of reason why they want to hear what he's going to say next. And it's like, well, what about the people that hate him? Well, they listen for 30 minutes longer. And he's like, if they hate him, why are they listening longer? It's like, because they want to hear what he's going to say next. You're always right. going to want to see what Effie's going to do next. You're going to buy a ticket to see Effie because you never know what he's going to come out with. Is he going to, again, is he going to masturbate in the middle of the ring? Is he going to get, uh, is he going to like, you know, get whipped cream, you know, licked out of his, you know, out of his backside. Is he going to have a, a fucking death match where he's going to bleed all over the place? Is he going to have like, uh, you know, a, a technical masterpiece? He can pretty much do all of them. And, and that's the thing. And that's the kind of the good thing about Effie. And part of the reason why I was kind of hoping he would win the belt because he has such a range of stuff that he can do. Why not give him that big, the big trophy and let him really like show off what he can do with a, with a myriad of people, bring in some people to, to fight him. Like I thought that would be interesting, but they ultimately made the determination to, to stick with Moxley to set up ultimately the, the ending, the kind of the end of the night angle here, but. Yeah. So overall, what do you, what is your assessment of this whole situation? The match itself, the fact that, uh, actually, no, scratch that. Let's talk about what happened after the match and how yeah. your worst fear uh, became realized. Worst fear? I don't know. It's just one of those things where, like, it seemed so obvious and cliche that I guess that's maybe that's what I was disappointed about. Because after the match, <clears throat> you know, Moxley's out there. And I, I think he had gotten on the mic for a minute, if I remember correctly. And then Metallica's For Whom the Bell Tolls plays, which is, um, uh, you know, the King Nick Gage's theme music. And Gage comes out and curses a bunch and asks where his gang is at and does all the stuff he normally does. Uh, but then challenges Moxley to a match for the title. Uh, but before that, he had definitely talked about how, like, with injuries and like, he didn't know how much longer he had left. So that's why he was kind of aiming for that, like, that one more reign. I want that one more title reign, and then I can call it a career type of deal. And Moxley basically challenged him. It's like, hey, great. If you want to come for the belt, you can, but you're putting your career up. So it's at some show coming up here soon. It's belt versus career, Moxley versus Gage. Listen, I get it. The GCW audience is all over that. Moxley's the champ. They absolutely freaking love Nick Gage. He's, you know, the, he's definitely like your top. It's wild that the like guy who's been in prison for robbing a bank and, you know, is constantly asking where his gang is at is the number one good guy in a company. But 
he is. He, he's insanely, insanely popular in that crowd. So I, I can see why on paper you would book this. I just felt like the overall idea of Mox versus Gage again was kind of math to me. And I don't know if the title versus career thing makes a lot of difference to me. But this is one of those moments where, you know, Baskin and Robbins has 31 flavors of ice cream for a reason. Right. Very um, true. So, and, and I think that that's the part of it. I kind of want everybody to understand that. No, this isn't like, this isn't making me excited, but there's a bunch of people probably in that audience who had a huge old boner over the idea of this match and they should, you know, contact the doctor if that doesn't go down in four hours. Um, so I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on kind of what they did at the end of this? Same old shit. Um, okay. no, I don't know. Yeah. It, like you said, it, that crowd loves Gage. And if Gage says, hey, I, I'm going to hang it up soon, then uh, why the hell not? I mean, we gave right. Ric Flair his entire own show, so that he's that he's immediately regretting. So, uh, you know, why the hell not? I don't have a problem with it, but I'm with you. It's not something that I'm going to, like, pay premium money to see. I'll just be like, oh, that's cool. And, you know. Well, and can I say... Can I say this? I will say this about GCW. Um, I ordered that show, and what what do you normally, when I say pay-per-view price, because obviously that's what we're dealing with, what's normally the vision of the price that you have in your head? I think, I want to say, what was it back in, like, the Attitude Era? Was it, like, I want to say it's, like, 30 bucks or something like that? Yeah. Uh, AEW, the last couple times I ordered an AEW pay-per-view was somewhere in the area of 40 to 50. Okay. Uh, depending. So the big companies usually charge a little more, obviously. That makes and, sense. Uh, I think I paid 13 or $14 for the show. Oh, holy shit. That's affordable as hell. Yeah. No, I, and, and that's exactly what I'll say. GCW, I, I don't know if they just realize what their audience base is or just has figured out a way to make sure it's super affordable. But yeah, no, I paid 13, 14 bucks for the show. I got a three plus hour show. Um, with a little bit of, ev- I will say, a little bit of everything on it. They started out with some excellent, like, kind of almost like the WCW setup. They kind of started out with, like, a cruiserweights match um, with uh, Starboy Charlie. And I apologize to the person. I, I don't. I should have had the match listing in front of me. He's the, the kid that signed to AEW, but they're waiting till he turns 18 to actually, like, let him start wrestling. Um, I'll look him up in a second, but, uh, was, but they had a really good match. Uh, I got to see Ninja Mac for the first time in one of the opening matches and he is excellent. He's wonderful to watch. That was a lot of fun to see, uh, see a match of his. Um, but then they had like John Wayne Murdoch fighting bulldozer Matt Tremont in a death oh, match. Pretty amazing. Uh, you know, they had like, they had a little bit of everything for everybody and I will give them credit on how they pace. And the type of matches they sign to make sure there is like a decent puzzle piece of stuff for, for, like I said, something for everybody. So, and for 14 bucks, I, I will say uh, they, they'll, you know, if they have other matches that really draw, catch my eye, I'll plunk down $14 to sit down and watch a show. Um, Fight TV, they didn't have too many problems with their feed. I think there was one moment where the feed went wonky. Um, that's great. That was going to be my next question. So that's great. Yeah. No, their feed was their feed was good during the um, uh, Blake Christian had a match and I know it got wonky during his intro. 
like I lost screen and it just kept repeating uh, at just uh, MLJ, their uh, ring announcer. It just kept it was him just repeatedly saying Blake Christian, Blake Christian. And I was like, OK, so I exited out and came back in. And when I did that, it kind of popped back on again uh, mm-hmm. after a couple moments. So I'm like, OK, cool. And uh, I don't think I had an issue with it the rest of the night. So, um, yeah, no, all in all. All in all, a good show. Was I disappointed with the ending? Sure, but I, I think we're admittedly, you know, big time Effie, you know, fanboys. So, of course, we're going to be disappointed when, like, somebody we're, we're a big fan of doesn't win his match. But, um, but no, I would, I would recommend if you've never ordered a GCW show before, give it a shot. It's just, like I said, it was like 14, 15 bucks. Uh, I think they even had, like, weekend deals if you ordered because they had a show on Sunday as well. Um, I think fight TV, if I remember correctly, had like a weekend deal where you could order, you know, kind of everything they were doing over the weekend for an even cheaper price than that. So, I mean, take advantage of it, everybody. If you get, you get a chance, why not? So. Excellent. Well, there's a, okay. So we ended on a positive note here. Yeah. So, um, quick side, uh, slight derailment here okay uh, because i feel like we wrapped this up you know we we had discussed this previously um you know at the beginning and now we we wrap things up here at the end between your whole uh, our our dream booking of putting the title on effie so similarly i want to pay off a tease and uh and a setup from a previous episode uh multiverses uh yes. the warner brothers free to play game uh, Chad, you recently got to uh, play it with the girls at, uh, at a friend's place. And, um... Holy derailment, sluts! Hey! I love that he's across the entire length of the room and I can still hear him like he's next to me. <laughs> right. Um, well, hi. It's been a hot minute. I know! Hi, Luna! We've, hi. we've missed you on the show. So I know, I've crawled out of my mossy crypt. <laughs> because I heard we were derailing with some spooky shit, and I love spooky shit. Well, we were derailing originally with uh, with video game questions, but uh, I have I have heard been told that uh, you definitely have some derailments because you have some thoughts on uh, I believe the new Wednesday uh, Wednesday Adams TV show that's coming out and the uh, and how that uh, translates to the uh, to the Adams family. So uh, the, the floor is yours. Uh, you may air your grievances like this is uh, like this is Festivus. I love that. I feel like every episode we should have like a tiny festivus. Um, so like, you know, just laying the groundwork. I love original Adams family. Like as a kid, that was one of those movies that we just watched all the time. So it's physically like embedded in my DNA. And I also love Tim Burton because, you know, CEO of spooky shit. But I don't know how I feel yet about this. So today I watched the full trailer. So, like, right off the bat, I was like, Catherine Zeta-Jones, 110%, yes, Morticia, she's gorgeous, she's age-appropriate, mommy, yes, please, love her. Love her anyway, <laughs> love her in this. The kid who plays Pugsley could be a little chunkier, but okay, he looks good. Wednesday, right. great. I like that we're actually playing up that Gomez is Latino, because, like, he should be, you know? So, like, right. great that we're acknowledging that. Even though nobody will ever come even remotely close to Raul Julia, but all right. So... <laughs> The beef starts with, we see Wednesday, the, okay, so part of the, part of the allure 
of the Adams family is that they're very odd in very normal situations. So like they see her, you see the kids at school and all the other kids are super normal. And obviously Wednesday and Pugsley are not. And like, that's part of where the humor comes from is because even though they're very out of their element, they're just perfectly fine with this. And everybody else is like, damn, they're freaky, whatever. Wednesday's at school. We get it. She's a gothy chick, even though that's not a normal now, like nobody would even look twice if she walked in the door. But of course it's like, the record scratches as soon as she walks in and you're like, okay, so she's a goth chick. Like that's nothing new, but okay. I get it. We still have to have the dramatic effect. So she lets piranhas loose in a pool. A piranha bites a dude's dick off. Somehow she doesn't get like arrested for that. She just gets expelled. And then her parents are like, Oh, don't worry. There's a school for like spooky booky kids. I'm sorry. If there was a school for spooky booky kids, why wouldn't you have sent them there in the first place? Where, then, by the way, I, I believe Gomez does say where he met Morticia. Exactly, so, which brings me to Giant that, Beef Number Two. Wouldn't that have been your two. first thought? Exactly, but Giant Beef Number Two is that is not how he meets Morticia. In the first one, they talk about the fact that they met at a funeral because Gomez says that nobody could, nobody was even looking at the body because they were looking at Morticia because she was gorgeous. Like obviously, like why wouldn't you, Angelica Houston? Hello. But like that is not how they met. So like now we're retconning like OG. Like you don't. No, we're not messing with original Adams Family lore. Like, that is sacred, and now you're fucking with it. And, like, we're adding over-the-top, like, get it, elements. Like, I'm just so, so hesitant to, like, enjoy this. Like, I would love to enjoy this, but I feel like I'm not going to enjoy this. So here's the thing, especially with the Adams Family, because, I like, my original Adams Family doesn't start at the movie. I go back to the old TV show. Right. Like I used to watch the old black and white TV show, you know, Nick and Knight type of stuff back in the day. Uh, and I used to love it. So kind of some of that, like, you know, kind of goofy slapsticky type of stuff that you might be seeing in there, I think is going to end up referencing more back to the original TV show where you would, where you would get away with more of that than they do like in the, um, and not that I don't think they don't have their like physical comedy moments in the movies too, um, but it may be just not quite as goofy as it was. So I'm wondering if they're just leaning back a little bit towards more of the TV show for what they're what they're thinking of with this. Um, True, and I just feel like we because they just did the animated movie too, right? But now it's like, well, now we've got two basically back to back adaptations that are also harkening back to like kind of the gooberiness of the TV show. And it's like, can't we just have something that's like a little less over, not over the top, like it's supposed to be over the top, but like, I don't know, like just don't make it like goofy, like in a bad way. Like there's good goofy and then there's like ugh goofy and I feel like it's going to be ugh goofy. I'll be interested to see. Um, I, I'm also very interested, like you said, with the, after they cast as Gomez, I know a lot of people were shitting all over that, but it's like, no, Gomez is Latino. And if you look at Gomez in the, in the, like, the, because a bunch of people were going back to like original Gomez from the, like, the New Yorker comic strip. Oh, yeah. Gomez was not a suave, attractive man. He was, he was a, he was a little ghoulish looking in the, in the, in the, in the original comic strip. So they're really just kind of hearkening back to that. So, yeah, it's I only, feel like they really no. just got lucky in terms of like movie, like original movie cast with like Raul Julia because he could totally rock that. But like no other iteration of Gomez has been that. Right. So, but that's what's ingrained in so many people's memories is like, oh, well, it's not that Gomez. Like that's 
that's what Gomez is. And it's like, well, technically, no, but he right. was the best still. Like, it was still really good. So let me ask you this then, because I'm I'm assuming you've probably watched this too, but I could be wrong. Have you watched The Sandman yet? I have. Okay, so I finished it in mm-hmm. about two day de- in about two days. Uh, I watched the I watched the first episode with my girlfriend on Friday, and I was done with the series by Sunday night. Um, <laughs> Love that, yes. And and I legitimately was like, she and I felt so bad because like she messaged me Saturday night. It's like, hey, do you mind if I watch that? Um, if I keep watching ahead here. Uh, because we, you know, don't get to see each other like every day or anything like that. And I went, right. no, yeah, go right ahead. Meanwhile, I was already in like episode five as she's asking me that. <laughs> I was like, like, oh, geez, yeah, no, like, we were going to watch so, it together. So, Just kidding. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So Cindy, if you're listening to this, um, sorry. Yeah. I was already halfway through the season by the time you asked me. Um, cause I just, I couldn't stop myself. But what did you, what did you think of Sandman? I loved it. Um, I've read. A bit of the original comics. I have a couple of the initial first like graphic novels. I don't say they call them graphic mm-hmm. novels anymore. I'm such an asshole. Like trades, I guess. Whatever. I've got a uh, couple series of the novels, first. What the fuck yeah. I call them too. So. Exactly. I've read a couple of those. Um, I've been listening to the Audible audiobook, which is fantastic. Um, right. I like have never seen much of like what James McAvoy does. Like I know that people like him, but I just haven't seen a lot of stuff that he's in. So I was like, yeah, all right, whatever. And he did phenomenal. So I was like, holy shit. Um, so the show had a lot to live up to, but I trust Neil Gaiman implicitly. Like, I, mm-hmm. tr- with my life, I trust this man at this point because I, I was absolutely over the moon in love with Good Omens. Um, and I know he had a much bigger hand in Good Omens and Sandman than he did with, like, American Gods, which I haven't seen, but a lot of people shit on the show, but the book is fantastic. Um, but I thought Sandman was phenomenal. Um, the guy who plays morpheus absolutely like nailed it both in Mm -hmm. like appearance and demeanor for me like oh he was so good um and i really liked Patton oswalt is matthew the raven somebody else had posted earlier on facebook like Uh, shitting on it yeah erica and i was like oh it's like fucking ratatouille took a shit in every scene and i was like he was that's exactly what matthew's supposed to be though he's out of his own element too he's just barely dead like loved him I didn't have a problem with that. You know what I thought I was going to have an issue with was um, because she annoyed me in Doctor Who, but the actress that played Joanna Constantine. Yes, same. Because I was like, I was, I was not crazy about her in Doctor Who, but she did great. She was excellent. No, I was actually really impressed with how well she did in that one. So, uh, And the the um, actress that they have playing Death, uh, if you have, if, and if you're listening to this and you have an issue with the actress that they play, playing deaf and you're going to try to find some nitpicky bullshit to go over because you just don't want to say you're mad that they cast a not a white gothy woman mm-hmm. you can go to hell because that's really what your problem is if you're because she's fucking amazing and if that episode itself the sound of her wings doesn't win awards when award season rolls around it's a travesty of goddamn justice because that episode is about as perfection as you will ever find in a tv show and i i'm like I truly believe that that episode was so good. Um, no, it really was like they handled it so beautifully. And like, you really felt like the heart wrenching element of what she does, obviously. But then her like whole speech about like, no, we're there together. Like, oh, my God. Like, it just kills you, literally. Um, and the Corinthian, holy shit. I love that man. Yeah. I love that they kind of decided to make him the overarching big bad, because I feel like that's just more palatable than a lot of like some of the offshoot stories that Sandman goes off into. 
But he fucking killed it. I was like, holy shit. And, uh, yeah, no, and then uh, the 24, uh, the episode 24-7, right before that with the diner, the whole diner set up. I was really Um, curious how they were going to play that. And they definitely got the gist across. Like, there are certain things that you're like, well, they clearly can't show that no matter where you're putting it on, like TV, movie, whatever. We're not putting that on film. But I thought... um, What's his name? Thales. The guy who played Lupin. I thought he was phenomenal as that character. Yeah. I was like, Jesus Christ. Uh, I will say that the audiobook version of the Sandman, that scene in particular, legitimately kept me up that night. Like, I could not go to sleep because that's how disturbing that scene was in there. They they did absolutely an amazing job of visualizing that without making it, like, torture porn. You know, exactly. That, like you understand my, what happens without having to see every single thing that happens. So, um, d- d- absolutely wonderful. So yeah, Adam's family. I'm definitely interested in watching, uh, uh, very soon. I might even watch that Friday. I think that's probably what I'll catch that. Um, and then yeah, if, if you all haven't watched Sandman yet, you should. And, uh, I think she Hulk starts this weekend too. Doesn't it? She Hulk. I think so. I'm curious to see how that goes too. Yeah. Yeah, and um, surprisingly, my mom even watched Sandman, and, like, she has no, like, frame of reference for it. You know, we just okay. enjoy Neil Gaiman properties. Um, and pleasantly enough, she loved it. Her only beef was Lucifer, but I thought Lucifer was fantastic. I thought she was, yeah, I thought she was amazing. I loved yeah, like, their fight was 10 out of 10. Like, the way that that, yeah. the back and forth, I was like, oh, this is so good. Yeah. And uh, especially when they get around to second season, so, because if anybody who's read the the books or listen to the audio, the two parts of the audio books, you know, what's coming, uh, probably know what's coming next. And yeah, she's going to be wonderful when they get to, when they get to what happens next year. So oh, yeah, I a, just want them to do it. Like, please make the show forever. Cause it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. And they've got to, and especially because of how close they stick to the source material, keep sticking it like, like basically from page to screen. Now, obviously, they made some adjustments. They made some changes. They had to had to do certain things, but yeah. But as close as I think they could make it without either, like you said, making it torture porn or without just making it each episode being like four hours long. Right. Exactly. So. Yeah. But. No. Ten out of ten. Love Neil Gaiman. Um, <laughs> cautiously, very arm's length optimistic about. Uh, Wednesday, but I will still give it a shot. Well, we'll have to have you, you'll have to bust the door back down and come in and uh, review it once you've watched it. Let's know Absolutely, I would love to. So. I don't know where Zach went. He's gone. <laughs> so, well, okay. Well, I can tell you what Zach had asked me a little while ago, and uh, he had asked, actually asked me about um, uh, uh, multiverses. Because um, okay. I finally played a few weeks ago. Um, well, then, Luna, I'll ask you since it's you and me hosting now. Uh, what do you, what did you what are your thoughts on multiverses? I know you guys have it there at, at Fully Gimmick HQ, um, but thoughts thoughts on the game so far? Yes, um, it's a lot of fun. Um, I guess I didn't have as much experience with like free to play games as I thought I did because uh, the only thing that like super duper caught me by surprise was the alternating which characters are locked and which are unlocked. Yes, because that super caught us off guard. Because I'm like working really hard on a character and then the next day we log on and it's locked again and i'm like but we just fucking unlocked this um so that i feel like could have been explained a little better just for people who don't know that kind of shit um but i think it's really cute i love the art style um a lot of the 
moves are really well done. Like the move sets fit each character pretty well. I think it's really interesting that they categorized each fighter. It was like a brawler heavy, you know, thing like that. Um, I agree. And then some of the like, I guess just the details. Because if you play it like as Tom and Jerry, they have like a bunch of different sounds for when they fall off the stage, like the old cartoon like screams and stuff. And I thought that was really cute because they super didn't have to include stuff like that. But I love that they did. Um, But it's been a lot of fun. I mean, I hate when I get beat because then I'm like some fucking eight year old just whooped my ass on the Internet. (laughs) Um, But it's been really great. Mostly I've been working on um, Jake and Harley Quinn because I like her bat moves because I like you can pop people up in the air and just knock because the stages are super like the boundaries for each stage are super small so if you accidentally like jump too high or get knocked a little bit out of bounds you're toast um but it's easy to kill people um and then jake functions a lot like kirby does in smash and i mean kirby in smash um so he's a lot of fun in that regard like because you can just drop a house on somebody's ass and just kaboom uh, I enjoyed it uh I definitely had a good time uh playing shaggy uh, shaggy was unlocked uh when I was playing um nice. uh I hate the Rick and Morty stage with the speakers that stage can go directly to hell um <laughs> it's loud and freaking obnoxious and it seemed like every time I got on to play it was that level and because uh, it's the newer one so they're like here uh, everybody have this like no thank you and um uh and as a definite uh, nerd in life, uh, obviously the, a typical nerdy cartoon crush is uh, Velma from Scooby-Doo. Uh, so I was excited to see kind of how her character was. I f- fucking hate her in that game. What uh, just <laughs> got awful, horrible, stupid, like... Okay, and maybe I need because she's one of those ones that I guess are listed as like support. Mm-hmm. So maybe I need to just like because I we weren't playing teams; we were just playing like one on one at the time. Um, so I don't know if maybe I just need to see her in a support role to see what difference that make in that instance. I'm not even but sure how just, she functions in a support role. Like, right? The moves are weird because they're like speech bubbles. And you're like, right. well, what the fuck does that do? Like the the attacks that go. And then anytime I play against somebody who's Velma, they'll just like pick you up and boot scoot you off the stage. And I'm like, excuse the fuck out of me. Like, how can you do that? Right. So so maybe there's moves we're missing. Obviously, we're both missing. But the the couple times I played her, I'm like, this is fucking horrible. And I don't know how she ended up in this game. So um, yeah. but like I said, maybe somebody can show me a little bit more. Um, I'm very excited about some of the new characters. I believe Arya Stark just got released recently. I thought I heard. Um, I think I heard Stripe from Gremlins got released, so that that'll be interesting. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I forgot who else I had heard, um, but yeah, there's definitely some uh, some new interesting releases. So, and uh, I, I think I heard that John Oliver might be one of them, which I think oh is terrible to itself. Um, I don't know what that is. What type of fighting character uh, John Oliver will be, but I'm interested to find out. Very sassy. Uh, so, so yeah, so it should be should be interesting. But it's, yeah, it's definitely been a fun game to say the least. So yeah, absolutely. And anything that mixes IPs like that, um, like there's a the whatever the Nickelodeon one is. What's the Nickelodeon one? Is that like a SpongeBob game? It was a. Yeah, there's it's basically multiverses, but with like Nickelodeon characters instead. I can't remember what it's called. We'll edit that in post. Um. 
but like yeah definitely give me that because i love these dumb characters and i am happy to play as them like i think it's a brilliant concept and especially anytime like a brand owns that many properties it's like why wouldn't you take advantage of this right and i think multiverses is definitely taking it next level with the types of ips because it's not even like oh it's just all cartoon characters but like the fact that you're getting Arya stark and like fucking potentially john oliver and like i've seen people make other like hey technically they own this property so they could include like whatever the hell this is like yes i love dumb shit like that so i'm wholly on board uh and by the way that game was a nickelodeon all-star brawl there you go that's Uh, it and that is the one that had spongebob and uh ren and stimpy and uh the ninja turtles and uh you know all uh, you know characters from like avatar and stuff like that so yeah that was that game so it was going to make me crazy until i went and looked it up so (laughs) so well uh luna since we've got you on here uh i think we're probably pretty close to the end of the episode so uh why don't you uh, get some shit in as it pertains to fully gimmicked oh my goodness um i don't even know that i have shit to get in to be honest um so we have a lot on the ball, you know, I mean, when don't we? Because um, I've been super focused on She-Wolf stuff because we do have two conventions that we're doing this year. We're doing uh, Spooky Empire in October and then Spookala is doing a holiday pop-up in December. So we have committed to both of those, which I'm very excited about. But it has super shifted my focus away from literally everything else. Um, but I'm sure we've got merch. <laughs> Yeah, mer- there is merch on there. Well, here's the good news. If, you, if you're if you a fan of our show, you can buy our merch on fullygimmick.com. Just look for the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network section. Uh, I believe uh, uh, Holly Cromwell just had a new shirt go up fairly recently. Yes, uh, and it is should, super cute. You should go by ASAP, especially because uh, I know she had stuff going on in her life right now. Um, and we uh, you were by- um, talking to Miss the Queen from Miss Catalina Perez uh, this evening. Uh, who we also have merch for, so you can go buy that on our website. And we did have the conversation about, I'm really good at, like, marketing and ideas and content for other people, but I'm very awful about it when it comes to myself. So even though it sounds (laughs) like I'm like, hey, I own this company, I should maybe know a thing or two. But, like, I'm really good at dealing with it for other people, but when it comes to me, I'm like, oh, man, I don't even... What's that? Like, what's Instagram? Um, even though I literally do that for a living for my shoot job. But by the t- when it comes to me at that point, I'm just like, I'm so tired of this. I don't want to look at social media ever again. Um, but yeah, merch, merch, good merch. Bye, merch. Well, well, speaking of social media, follow uh, Fully Gimmicked everywhere at Fully Gimmick. Uh, you can find them all over the place. Uh, you can follow the IndyCast, I-N-D-Y-K-A-S-T, on uh, pretty much all social media. Uh, so look for us on Twitter and Insta and Facebook Only and all fans. that. Uh, Only fans, definitely. Um, and just pictures of our microphones. I put it. I've now just put up some tasteful. I put up some very tasteful nudes earlier today. So by all <laughs> means, enjoy. So, uh, uh, also, you can uh, follow the read pile and uh, all the awesome stuff uh, that uh, one Rick the Sussman Sussman is doing. You can follow Brainbuster Video. And see all the uh, VHS uh, awesomeness that uh, Zach is producing. Uh, you should go follow uh, Team Hammerfist and THF Labs both on Twitter. Uh, I know that uh, 
one Jesse Long has uh, the American Dadass himself has put together a bunch of really cool logos and the like that you've seen on Fully Gimmick. But if you need a logo or something like that made for you, for your show, for your wrestling company, for you fucking name it, you should go talk to him right now. And uh, very affordable pricing. And he can get you uh, some absolutely amazing artwork. So uh, I think that is it. As an aside, uh-huh. both of you saying that, oh, I hope that the Wednesday show is like the right kind of humor and not like, laugh, but was it the right and not laugh? too gooby. Yeah. Clearly, neither of you have seen Adam's Family 3, a.k.a. Adam's Family Reunion, a.k.a. Gomez Adam, played by Tim Curry, Morticia, played by the giant woman from third rock from the sun. I love her, but that doesn't exist to me. It's awful. And it's because they decided to go very kid friendly zaniness. And then also, Oh, and you know, the other problem too is I hate the Broadway show. This is true. Yeah. Like the Broadway. I love the, I love both Nathan Lane and BB Newark, but I absolutely hate the Broadway show. Uh, and then also, uh, because you two were shit talking, uh, Velma earlier. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, that, Evo, the giant fighting game uh, convention, happened a couple weekends ago, and Multiverses was uh, on stage as one of like the top games to play. And the top of the top eight matchups that were whittled down the to decide who tier, was the winner, best of the best, right? Who you know, big tournament, blah blah blah. Of of the tier of the of the eight top team matchups. Over 75% of the characters used were Velma. So the current meta of that game is that Velma's the shit, and you two all hate ass haters. Yeah, because she uh, whooped my ass. That's why I hate. Well, now, I guess my bigger question, are they playing individual, or were they playing team battles in that one, where they were had more than one person? Were those, in, those were individuals, right? In, like one-on-ones and one not team-ups? Yeah, yeah, those are 1v1s. Oh, okay. So, I still think she's we a shit character. I don't give a shit what they because Velma's listed as a support character, but we haven't really seen her support anything other than my ass off the stage. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. So <laughs> exactly. So, uh, well, I uh, I think it is that time, everybody. Uh, until next time, uh, everybody. We'd like to thank everybody for. Uh, Tuning in, listening to the listening to the show once again this week. Uh, but until next time, everybody, I am as always Coculus Maximus. I need a new good name. I, I mean, I have been and always will be Duchess von Fingerbang, but I feel like it's time for an update, so I'm going to ponder that. What do you have on your? What's your? Uh, uh, well, I guess I, I shouldn't say it's like what's your? What's one of your social media tags? Don't you have? Oh, a, my Instagram is taken from Psycho Gorman, and it is Psycho Horman. So. You could possibly go for that one too if you want. We did talk about Edgar Allan Hell earlier today because uh, Michaels has uh, starting to get their Halloween stuff out fucking finally. Uh, but they have a very cute Edgar Allan Poe esque collection. Very nice. My girlfriend just freaked out today because she figured out a bunch of the uh, 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 um, spooky Halloween stores are starting to open up in the area and she can't wait to start touring them. So uh, ours has the sign up, but like nothing's in it yet. And I'm like, let me in. <laughs> Why aren't you here yet? So Exactly. Give me my spooky shit. So, uh, and for Zach Romero, who can't hear any of us, uh, oh, he, sure. he's, or he can't hear me, uh, but he can hear, <laughs> but he can hear Luna. Uh, but uh, until next time, everybody, we always say, Deuces! Deuces. Hello? Hello?
Hercules Mulligan! A jump scare is the Canadian destroyer of horror films. Pardon me. Might I suck mine own dick for a second? I'm ready to greet the day, you <laughs> fucker. Every single one of you guys has made a horrible decision. <laughs> it's that dirty-ass Meryl Street. We are, we're touching wieners, touching wieners professionally. Ric Flair said fuck a six-pack and he never lost an ounce of pussy. What I am is a big, queer, stone-cold Steve Austin. Love dick. Birds don't give a fuck about your life.